Jaws. <laughs> Sorry, I you know. We can't I'm get through an episode without uh, invoking Wesley James Young. No, man. Wesley James Young's a shit. Hey, everybody. It's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. Hey. Hey. And today we are talking Flesh Trade, a science fiction novel by David Agronoff and Edward Morse. Put out by Grand Mall Press. Grand Mall Press. Same as the seizure. From right here in Massachusetts. Oh, good old Massachusetts. <laughs> hey, man, beats the shit out of Connecticut. I'll tell you that right now. Everything beats the shit out of Connecticut. It's the Ohio of New England. Connecticut pissed me off today. We'll start with Steve. Uh, actually... We'll do it this. We'll do it this way. Now, uh, Steve and I have conflicting opinions on this book. We do. I'm going to be honest. I did not like this book, um, and it's probably the second thing in the history of Microphones of Madness that I have not finished. Hmm. But you seem to enjoy this. I enjoyed book. this book. Um, I won't say it was easy. Because it certainly was not easy. Um, there's some heavy, heavy shit that goes down in this book, and uh, it's, I could, I could definitely see where it, it uh, irked you, mm -hmm. and rubbed you the wrong way. Because there's a lot of that in there. Um, I'm not going to say I'm used to that kind of shit, but um, it reminded me a lot of certain parts of like Naked Lunch. And, uh, well, you had mentioned Nova Express last night and that era. Well, really, it, it reminded me a lot of, of how Burroughs approached stuff by just showing how utterly horrible people can be. And really, that's what this book is about. It's just about how utterly just reprehensible anybody can be. And I think there were maybe... There was one character who was of age that um, I thought was redeemable. And then the, the other two characters who, who uh, uh, you know, who, who were also positive characters were kids. Mm -hmm. um, everybody else was an asshole uh, in some way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, you had people who had privilege and acted acted from that point of privilege until the shit hit the fan and it affected them directly. Actually, there was a lot of that going on in this book. Um, yeah, they, there's just nobody, there's really nobody to root for. Yeah, there's, there's, I, I would agree with you there. There's really nobody to root for really because all of the characters were so reprehens reprehensible. Um, I found myself I, I really didn't give a fuck by the time we got to the climax. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the basic story, and, and we want to do it without giving it away too much. Right. You have, a, um, you have this planet, which is called New Bangkok, or New Cock, right? New Cock, yes. And uh, it, it, it is outside... The sphere of human governance in the galaxy. It is actually in in another species territory, 
but it is like the frontier. It's the Wild West. It is Thailand. But the bad things about Thailand, it's where every fantasy comes true and lives are cheap, that kind of place. Um, mm-hmm. And and the, the main business of this planet is sex. And there's there's a huge trade in underage and alien sex for humans. Humans are the are the customers here. One of the important political figures of human space, his daughter and his daughter's friend get kidnapped and brought to this planet. And he has to go and rescue them. You can imagine where that goes, because because if you can imagine where that goes, it does go there. there there's no there's no filter. On, on what happens in this book, which is why I compared it to Naked Lunch. Mm-hmm. Some of the things that happen in here, you just want to punch something. Mm, I, you know, I wouldn't go as far as punching. Well, I would go further than punching something. I wanted to shave my face off with a straight razor. Okay, I didn't go that far. It just pissed me off. And and my my thought behind this is if this shit happens in reality. Yes, got, there's there's huge sex trade. Um, up where underage girls and boys are taken. Yes, and and I think that these guys were trying to bring that to you know bring that out so that people are aware of this using science fiction as a medium for it. Um, that being said, I think we could have dialed it back a little bit. There's no redemption at all. You know, you just go from one shithole to another shithole to another shithole, and it's just this endless sequence of just shitty events. Well, and and everybody who gets involved in this, um, in one way or another, gets their, I guess, their innermost self exposed by it. Mm-hmm. Which, which, by the way, was Burroughs's um, goal with Naked Lunch, and uh, by their actions, nobody passes that litmus test no there's there's one one character son who is the mother of the friend nala of of, right nala lives friend who i think had a heroic demeanor in this book and passed all the tests but everybody else failed miserably some of it was you have to break an omelet you have to break an egg a few eggs to make an omelet kind of thing but some of it was just like why would you even bother the, the 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 destruction that you left in your wake far outweighs the harm done to one person. And I, I think that was the point of it, though. I think they were trying to to show that, like the sex trade. You know, there, there's no innocent party involved except for the actual victim. And everybody is to some degree compliant, whether it's just by ignoring it, which is what most of it is, or being complicit to it. Well, that said, this is definitely not a pleasure read. This is not something you plop down on the couch after a hard day of work and, and, and breeze through some you know, spaceships and, and cybernetics and stuff like that. This book is it's fucking uncomfortable. It, yeah. it really is. It is, you know, like I said, I wanted to shave my face off as needles in the eyes. It's that sort of thing. And it gets extremely squicky. It does get squicky. It, it is kind of... Um an inversion of your 1970s style space opera, like a, like a Larry Niven, Jerry Pornell kind of thing. If you play a lot of Traveler, 
that's the flavor that it, it I can't say lampoons because it's not a lampoon. It's more of an evisceration of that style. I enjoyed the book. It, it does make you you hyper aware and it does make you it's squiggy, squidgy, sorry. Um, you are going to be uncomfortable reading this book. But, you know, people dig that. I don't do that all the time, but I, I haven't shied away from a book because it makes me uncomfortable like that. But on the other hand, there there comes a point where you want to see it through to the end, but you get to a point where it's also, what's the fucking point right. of well, seeing it through to the end? You know, you, you, get to, you get to this point, all of this shit is going down. You know, for me, it was like, you know, I, I hate all of these people. I hate everybody on this fucking planet. There's not a decent person here. Shit, I hate everybody in this galaxy, including the yeah. aliens. Best outcome is the hand of God comes along and just destroys the entire planet and sucks it into a gas giant. And, you know, and I would have been like, ah, thank God that's over. Yeah, that's a cesspool. For me, it was just an ordeal. And that just might be because of my mental state. Any given day that if something is just too heavy, my brain can't deal with it because I'm sitting at a certain level all the time. Whereas I am blissfully ignorant of life around me. Well, I don't know about all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess, I guess I was, as as the the saying goes, triggered. Yeah, and I could totally see that. I mean, well, when when we picked it up, and I I had started reading it before you did, mm-hmm. and uh, I told you, flat out, you're going to have problems with this book. Right. No, you told me flat out, you're going to hate this book. <laughs> um, but that's just because I like I like to think I know you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you know the things that 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 right. affect me. You know, the last book that I've repeatedly said that. You know, I wasn't a big fan of was Return of the Old Ones. It was just, it was too much in one place. Right. You know, I couldn't read anything else, couldn't write anything else. Just, you know, was sank into this pit for a while. Not quite as much with this one, maybe because I didn't see it all the way through to the conclusion. Mm, I think it's because it wasn't that. The hopelessness of this book, and there is a lot of hopelessness in it revolves around a specific set of circumstances mm-hmm. as opposed to in return to the old ones where all those stories were the, the hopelessness was all pervading and everywhere. I like that book too. What it <laughs> <about me? laughs> well, you know, I, I fold the bread under the, the loaf. <laughs> it, it, it says, it says that you are of stronger mental, mental constitution. Maybe. Maybe. There are a few things about this book that had I been the editor, I would have, I would have changed. Um, but surprisingly enough, the, the, the subject matter and how it's described is not that. I might have dialed it back a little, but I wouldn't have changed it like that. Mm-hmm. I think I would have explored a little bit more the, I, I guess, the, the culture of some of the aliens and how they relate to this, as opposed to the the history that we got a, a, a lot of history of the galaxy and the, the political situation mm-hmm. of, of the humans in the galaxy and how that relates to uh, some of the aliens. And I would have liked to have seen just who the aliens are and drawn my own conclusions from that. Right, because most of the aliens that we see 
and we get a little bit of background on are either explicitly you know stated in sexual terms or are literally sex objects right or po- and and or politicians or 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 politicians um sometimes both right in the case of the Strelin ambassador right now the, the Strelins were this uh like hyper mermaid race uh, I pictured the the opera singer from uh, the Fifth Element. They're an aquatic species that has to wear a a water suit so they can survive outside of water. But they produce a pheromone that uh, drives humans wild. And and the big the big polit- political situation is that their their children are being hauled off to this planet as as uh, sex slaves, and the humans are doing absolutely nothing about it. Right. Because humans are responsible for it. Right. But they're not going to do anything about it because there's money involved. There's big money involved. Mm-hmm. So It's like a certain political, fi- political figure uh, not condemning the practices of some of his supporters. I think that was on purpose. I'm not saying that he was a direct analogy of that particular politician. But I think just about every politician in America does that. Well, yeah, a lot of politicians are complacent in these types of things. And they address this twice in two different ways in this mm-hmm. book. Um, you know, a lot of the, the kids who are kidnapped in reality aren't white. Yes. And, and most of our politicians are and cater towards white people's interests. And it isn't until a white child is kidnapped that a big to-do is made of it. Mm-hmm. That is the initial uh, complaint of the Australians is that humans don't care unless it's humans. And then when humans do get kidnapped, the only reason there's this huge fucking response is because it's the governor's kid. Right. Well, this galaxy is definitely a cash rules everything around me situation. Oh yeah. It's definitely like, you know, there, there's a certain class. It's very classist society because you have the, the mega rich, the mega mega rich. They they even mention at the very beginning how uh, it's uh, very Confucian in the way it's set up. Marriages are arranged between rich and powerful figures, not only to make them power couples and and marry. In the case of the governor, you know Hollywood and and the political sector, but also in a kind of eugenics sort of way. Because they will, you know, this politician is very intelligent. He's top of his game, top of his class. She's the most beautiful star in Hollywood. They're going to make some damn fine children. Well, and their damn fine children are being groomed for for those roles themselves. Mm-hmm. They they talk about how um, how the their kids have money invested in them from f- before they were born. Yeah, to to go off to whatever the Hollywood equivalent is. I, I can't remember what it, what it is offhand. And, and that's, that's part of it as well. I mean, the governor's daughter is kidnapped. The studio steps in and starts throwing money around like it's nothing because they are there for one reason only, and that's to protect their investment. Right. Yeah. They, they, they hire the equivalent of a seal team. That, and it's, it's, you know, it's rich white people. Essentially, that's yeah, that's the way I. I well, the I kidnapper is um, Korean. It's Psy. It's not Psy. <laughs> well, when I was reading it, it was fucking Psy. 
<laughs> the kidnapper is Korean. Gunkin style. But, but, fucking horsey dancing all the way around fucking Newcock. You know, the mother mother of uh, the other kidnapped girl is uh, Moroccan. From the, from the planet Mecca. Yeah. So you have like these non-main kids. Secondary characters, tertiary characters who are not white. And when shit happens to them, it's no big deal. But when shit happens to the white governor and his white wife, the shit hits the fan. Like you yes. said, they, there's a SEAL team. The Hollywood, the studio is willing to pay the ransom. They go all out. And they shell out millions of dollars at the drop of a hat. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, it's an investment. On, yeah, do some dark dealings and... and you know, they say, okay, last ditch effort, we're gonna pull in some illegal technology. Yeah, and, and it's it's funny because the illegal technology this is semi-spoiler if you've played it. Uh, the illegal technology is straight stri- straight out of Eclipse Bay. Kinda, yeah. No, I think it is. I think um he even talks about where the uh where the backup is stored in his spine mm-hmm. in the same place. Oh yeah, there's definitely a whole lot of yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting I won't say dystopian because it's way beyond any topian that you can have. Oh yeah, you or dis. It's just a shitty place. It's just natural galaxy. urban decay. Yeah, I mean, it might be a, a logical extension of where we're at now. Mm-hmm. I mean, because certainly- well, it's the the universe the way they've got it set up is yeah. that yeah, it's it's almost exactly it's like a galaxy that once you spread it out, it's just a map of the earth. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's even the planets and colonies that are involved that get named by name are all new. This, yeah, and it's all familiar Earth places. It, the planet Mecca, they talk about uh, the planet Dublin. Right. You know, in a way, it's kind of like Hyboria or Hy- yeah, Hyboria in the future, where Hyboria was our ancient past with current analogs. Mm-hmm. This is the far future with current analogs. Yeah. And, you know, in some ways you could say that there's a little bit of a Cowboy Bebop influence in that. In that oh, yeah. Oh, in there's... Cowboy Bebop, all the asteroids and colonies and stuff like that were named after cities of old Earth. And the same here. Planets and colonies are all named after places on Earth. It, they just usually add, except for Mecca, they add new in front of it. So you know it's... Right, the updated version. But you have a lot of your typical science fiction tropes, like you said, things from Eclipse Phase with mind meld technology, a lot of cybernetics. Yeah, um, there's a lot of cyberpunk in there, but it's like um, even like scummier than cy- cyberpunk. Yeah, everyone's connected to the internet. Um, you know, but where like a in, like a super advanced um, bionic implants. Mm-hmm. Augies. Augies, yeah. Yeah, they were trodes back in my day. They were just called trodes. Yeah, you know one thing that strikes me, and and this is a, a thought that I had while I was reading this. Right, they talk about athletes, you know, getting augmented so they can like leap three, four stories. How come in all of these like super advanced science fiction societies where you can get implants to do anything, nobody becomes a fucking superhero? Maybe they do, and they just got their asses handed to them by the rest of the galaxy. 
It's like, or maybe, another maybe, one a superhero. Maybe nobody's written about it yet, or maybe we just haven't encountered the, the story where they have. But it just seems to me that, okay, well, you know, if you can get well, implants actually, in your muscles. Well, actually, you know, we have. Just not in this particular book. Not in this particular book, but I mean Black just Power. in general. In Black Power, we had that. This is a fucking universe that could use some. They certainly can. I think also people don't like to get the chocolate and peanut butter mixed up too much in these things. Right. They, they don't. Well, just look at Pulp Cthulhu versus Call of Cthulhu. There's people who won't touch Pulp Cthulhu because it's impure. I don't know why, but they won't because, you know, it doesn't it doesn't flip their switch for fragile characters or whatever. They don't want to be heroes. They want to be lunch whatever so I, I think people are reticent to combine genres like that and it's really you know it's it's actually stuff that uh that balagon and milton davis are doing that is starting to melt some of these genres together now speaking of like how speaking of uh critique right. the, the prologue was interesting to an extent but it, it was also one of those. It, it goes from you know we're we're oh, we're on this planet full of shit and we're flying through a shithole on our way to an even deeper shithole. In that small dose, it was it was uh, it was okay. Plus, it was just gritty, grim, dark crime story. Yeah, it was. Um, it reminded me of like a a western. With, yeah, with it very much lasers. very much had a western kind with of lasers. feel. With lasers and personal shields and stuff like that, yeah, and, and and that's fine. That's one of those small dose things. I couldn't have read four hundred pages of that either. The purpose of the prologue was to introduce the character of Stack, and right. I think well, and uh, with and with the, 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 the piece. Oh, the, yeah, the villain and the villain the actual piece. Villain. Ura, Ura, and and the ambassador that uh, the Strelins hire for their negotiations. Yeah. Well. But you know, you introduce these characters who are kind of more or less minor players in the rest of the story. They are stacks a little bit more important. It didn't have to be as long as it was, or well, the the prologue I think was pretty much the right length for what it should be, because you had to introduce these three characters. Well, maybe it was that the they come back later on in the story too far away too far yes. removed from where the prologue is That's... and I had to actually go back and make sure mm-hmm. that these are the same people correct that's that's what i was getting at is that yeah the prologue and the introduction of these characters and the time they are reintroduced in the later part of the book too much has passed too much has transpired and you know, and I really think that you know, even keeping all the events of the middle, the main part of the plot, the squickiness and stuff like that, I really think that the novel could have been streamlined a little bit. I, I agree. I'm not going to argue with you with that. You could have condensed it, definitely. Um, I think that some of the later action, when when you have, so I don't want to give it away, but when you get back to Newcock, we're, we're all like the the action take like the action action takes place. yeah the the, 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 guns flash, and the, the, right. the shock and awe part of it right um there's a couple of, of encounters that serve the same purpose and they could have you know they could have lessened that a little bit you didn't have to have that that happen more than once or twice 
Right. And this is the part where I started falling out of it is it, it, it went in for a lot of bang. Uh, if it were a film, this would be where all the special effects money was dumped. <laughs> <laughs> I liked the element of playing against time. Yeah, that was cool. They had like, there's a countdown. Mm-hmm. Not going to tell you what it's for. You're going to have to read right. the book. Right. I can't tell you what it's for, but there's definitely a countdown. There's 30 hours. And, and it's like and that, nighttime on this planet lasts 36 hours. Yeah. And it's at the top of every chapter, 24 hours to go. Right. 22 hours to go. Mm-hmm. So, and so that, that definitely gives it a sense of urgency because when things the, happen like unconsciousness. Right. You know, oh, yeah. And you're like at 22 hours and then the character goes unconscious and you wake up and it's 17 hours to go. Yeah. yeah, which is it's a nice touch because, you know, the different chapters are different lengths and different amount of things happen to different people during them. So you can lose track of the time for this countdown mm-hmm. where, you know, someone will turn into a pumpkin, literally. Yes. Overall, it would have been easier for me to deal with if it wasn't as clunky. And and I think that's my main criticism of the book, not not necessarily the sub, not the subject matter. And all this, it's just a little bit clunky. Now, two things about that. First thing is, do you think that is um, because we? I, I don't think we got the finished product. We, we, I think we got a uh, pre-editing. I mean, that's a possibility. That's, you know, we we may have gotten a, a copy that that hasn't gotten its its final polish. So that that's my first question. My my second one is, do you think that this is a that that could be a function of having two authors possibly you know i don't know i you know i haven't read either one in any significant quantity to be able to discern the writing style well, but there seems to be two different writing styles at play when you have the italicized sections and the main body of the uh the story itself now we've read some edward morris in a few mm-hmm. of, the, of the um anthologies we've covered um but I don't think enough to be able yeah, to they, differentiate. They've been short stories. Uh, Return of the Old Ones is one of those. <laughs> and uh, Children of Glacky was the other one. Yes. So um, we've definitely read Ed Morris before. I, I don't believe I've ever read any David um, Agronoff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. it's But the reason I'm asking, because you don't get a lot of novels that are co-authored. Correct. Um, and the ones that I've read are run the gamut from really good, in my opinion, which would mm-hmm. be like the uh, Stephen King. Um, Straub and King. Yeah, Straub. Thank you, Peter Straub. The Talisman and um, Black House. And Black House is one of my favorite things that, that King has his hand in. Mm-hmm. You get that gamut. And then you have the the Larry Niven, David Cornell, like far right space nazi uh books like a moat in god's eye or um lucifer's hammer mm-hmm. and stuff like that which is you know when i was in high school they were fun to read and upon rereading them i realized that like it's space nazis goddamn space nazis fucking space nazis punch them now so they don't get into space you know it's bad when you're rooting for um an alien species to totally wipe out the human race because the the characters oh, yeah. in the book are re- reprehensible. Like you, 
I, I'd say like uh, there's no redeeming qualities of these people, but they are people, and they're people that you and I might know. Space Nazis and, and Pornell um, Niven are like fucking marchers on Charlottesville. Space mm-hmm. Nazis, I'd punch them in a minute. Fuck them. Well, yeah, I mean, even in this one, I was kind of rooting for the the Strellans to turn around and go, okay, yep. push the button, friend. <laughs> <laughs> See ya, humanity. The Strelins were kind of assholes too. Oh well, yeah. Well, they yeah. knew that the pheromones would manipulate people into doing what they want, so that's what they did. I know you got to do what you got to do, but dirty pool is dirty pool on either end. Both sides have lost control. That's right, man. If you want to check this book out, it is available uh the usual channels, I believe. Correct? Uh, yeah, I think you can get it off of Amazon. Uh, once again, it's Grand Mall Press. Um, which is out of Forest Dale, Massachusetts, um, www.grandmallpress.com. Yeah, and, and in these kinds of situations, ordering from the publisher is usually for the best. Yeah. You know, you can skip the, the Amazon payouts and things like that and go directly reader to publisher. Right, get these guys some money. You know, they worked hard on this. I know, I know um, Ed Edwards. Oh, and it's funny because, sorry, I, I, I keep on mentioning Burroughs in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point during the action, se- the, the beginning of the planet side action sequence, um, the governor runs into two characters who are low grade mob enforcers mm-hmm. who are um, Hauser and O'Brien, who are directly out of Nathan. Those are the, the cops, the, the shitty cops in uh, Negan Lunch, Hauser and O'Brien. So, and I, I asked Morris about this because, you know, it's a nod to something I enjoy. So I was like, Hauser and O'Brien, come on, that's great. And uh, apparently he was in correspondence with Burroughs' lover, husband, mm-hmm. for a while and is a big Burroughs fan, like, couldn't tell reading it so I, I got that one on the mark i know that mm-hmm. <laughs> well there are probably all sorts of little nods here and there oh yeah you know if you want to check this out check it out um as steve puts it it's it's naked lunch in space <laughs> yep interzone has become galaxy interzone or new interzone <laughs> new interzone it's beyond the red line once again, you can get this book. It's Flesh Trade by David Agronoff and Edward Morris. Uh, all the usual outlets. And it is uh, Grand Mall Publishing. Grand Mall Press. Grand Mall Press. Excuse me. And that's mall like seizure, not mall as in go to bed. Bad Correct. Uh, we'll put a link to their, their website in the description. And uh, you can check it out from there. Right on. And once again, you don't always have to take our word for it. Check it out for yourself. That's the important part. Good decision on this one. Yeah, split. Say good night, Chris. Good night, Chris.